here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. We have come by varying modes of transportation and through treacherous weather and road conditions. We have come with heavy hearts that can only be healed by the grace of God. That the voice of the Reverend J. Lawrence Turner, the funeral of Tyree Nichols today. And yes, very rough weather in places like Memphis and in Texas. Not here in South Florida, not trying to rub it in, but it was 85 and beautiful today. Just saying. I mean, in case you're one of the folks that's been on the fence thinking about coming to Florida and you're still freezing your butt off, just a little food for thought. Now, a couple things, speaking of food for thought. A lot to discuss today, and yes, we'll we'll talk about the Fed and interest rates and Biden docs and, and the like. There have been several items in the news recently that are interwoven. You've heard about the College Board's AP, African American course, the farce that it was perpetrated as. The battle with the state of Florida over the material in that course. You're familiar with the murder of Tyree Nichols. No doubt you're well aware of what Black Lives Matter has represented. But what really needs to be discussed on this February 1st, as it is Black History Month, which every virtue signaling company in the country has made keenly aware that they are celebrating, what about, uh, you know, channeling my inner John Lennon, by the way, what about the yellow and red ones? You know, the yellow and red ones, they, they never get, get celebrated. You know, a month worth of, of history. I don't really want to celebrate the history of the red ones, just saying. I mean, the whole communist thing. Oh, speaking of communism, so back to the whole Black Lives Matter thing here. Would Tyree Nichols be alive today if not for Black Lives Matter? And that's where I'm going to get started. Hey there, Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin, host of The Brian Mudd Show, which emanates from my home station, WJNO in lovely West Palm Beach. You can pick up my podcast, The Brian Mudd Show, wherever you get your podcast and on social. Follow me at Brian Mudd Radio. I always talk about there being two sides of stories, one side of facts. So let's get down to it and put some of this stuff together. Really important. So in the wake of Tyree Nichols' funeral today, the question of whether Tyree Nichols would be alive if not for Black Lives Matter, it's a question that's worth asking. And probably even more important, it's worth answering. Now, to some it might seem odd that an organization theoretically founded on the principle of supporting the lives of black people, well, that they would be responsible for the loss of them. But that's absolutely been the case. You don't need data. You don't need anything more than a little basic awareness to know 
that those most negatively impacted by increases in crime are whom? Yeah, those who are the most economically vulnerable in society. And those that happen to be most economically vulnerable are whom? Most commonly, minorities. Likewise, little more than basic awareness and common sense is, is needed to know that generally, fewer police is going to result in what? Higher rates of crime. So let's take this line of thought to the next level informationally. What would you suspect would happen if our population were to, say, grow by 9.1%? And that it would grow by 9.1%. At the same time, those employed in law enforcement were to shrink by, let's say, 6.8%. You think anything good would come out of that? And who, therefore, would be the most likely to be hurt in that scenario? Now, if those numbers seem awfully precise and maybe a little bit too much so to just be hypothetical, you'd be right. You see, population adjusted full-time in law enforcement, now 15.9% below peak pre-BLM levels. And you tell me, is our society better off for it? Our country has grown by greater than 27 million people over the past 15 years. Our full-time law enforcement levels over that same window of time have fallen by greater than 48,000. Not good. And predictably, not good things have happened in society. Predictably, minorities have been the most negatively impacted. But black lives matter. I mean, they are supposed to matter, right? And as we've seen in the Memphis police example of the Tyree Nichols murder, it's about far more than just staffing levels. Yes, law enforcement agencies across the country have struggled with recruitment in recent years. Yes, retirements are up 45%, and those leaving law enforcement for another profession are up 18% post the murder of George Floyd and the rise of BLM's defund police movement. And yes, that means the average law enforcement agency anywhere USA is currently understaffed, many significantly. But it's not just about sheer numbers either. Lower standards have equaled worse results, especially for the Memphis police. And you see, it turns out there's a direct connection between these stories. With the proliferation of the BLM-led defund police movement in 2020, majority black Memphis has had serious police recruiting issues. The police force hemorrhaged officers with the department having a deficit of 500. The result? Greatly loosened requirements to become a cop. Now, among the changes by Memphis PD, now dropping the need for an associate's degree or 54 college credit hours, dropping the timed physical ability test, 
And here's a biggie. They dropped a ban on hiring convicted felons. I mean, that's fun, right? I mean, there's a time and a place for second chances. How many people think a career in law enforcement is the appropriate place for former felons to find their second chance? And if that doesn't spell out the extent to which the Memphis Police Department was desperate, I mean, nothing else will. Now, specifically relevant to the Tyree Nichols murder, two of the five officers charged with his murder were specifically hired due to and only after and because of those lower hiring standards. And it begs the question, if not for the BLM-led defund police movement, would Tyree Nichols be alive today? But once again, and this is all part of the bigger storyline here, this is what radicals do. All this has been is another page straight out of Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. Create unrest. Create the conditions for chaos. Then capitalize on it. By, of course, never letting that crisis go to waste. You know, for a long time, I've said one of my biggest concerns in our society. And what the heck happens when good people say, you know what, screw it. I'm out. I don't want to be in law enforcement or just never enter it. I mean, seriously, think about it. What happens when good people are not getting in law enforcement? The BLM movement, well, it's aided in creating that crisis with numerous law enforcement departments. And, yeah, they're seeking to use the predictable issues arising from what they've created to finish what they stated originally with a desire for police abolition, a desire for true anarchy. And it's one of these figures who is prominent in the collegiate world who happened to design the AP African American Studies course. That course, which was recently called out by the state of Florida, it is all related. And it's important that you know this. It's important that you see how the game is being played. We can see it in events that play out, like the murder of Tyree Nichols. We can see it in the rising crime in communities, but it's always what the other hand is doing. And the game where it's always been played, the long game by the radicals has been the classroom. So yeah, we are starting to see the impact of what happens when not enough good people want to be in law enforcement. This story doesn't end well for any of us unless we reverse course entirely. You know, the irony of the Tyree Nichols murder case is that it's a cautionary tale of what happens when the BLM-led defund movement has success. Lower standards, worse results. It's also why it's imperative we're as supportive as ever of our local law enforcement professionals lest we find our own communities in a place like Memphis has. But as it pertains to the bigger picture here, including education in the classroom, 
That's where we also have to make sure that we're minding the store. So important to all this, connecting the dots, walk you through that professor, a member of the BLM movement, an overt Marxist who worked to craft the College Board's AP African-American farce. How this movement has been working for years and well before George Floyd, how playing the long game has led to where we are today. And also an idea of where this story goes if we don't step up to the plate and begin minding the store everywhere this agenda is being tempted. So that we will get to with the College Board's AP African-American farce next I'm Brian Mudd, and for the great one. Mudd, love in. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. A son, a father, a brother, a friend, a human... Yeah, so again, is this a case where Tyree Nichols, rather than his funeral being today, he would be alive today, if not for Black Lives Matter, if not for rules for radicals having been put in play. Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin. And in bringing this together with a lot of what's been in the news and a lot of the long game that's been played, This ties into a story about the College Board and their AP African-American farce. You've heard about this over the past couple of weeks. You know, doing the right thing, it isn't always easy. What is easy? Not always right. You know, classic quote, simple wisdom that's attached to it. The thing is, though, when Ron DeSantis is the governor, doing the right thing, actually is proving to be kind of easy. And increasingly, he is making doing the wrong thing the harder way to go. Now, last week, he made a stop in a Jacksonville area school, the start of National School Choice Week. And this was when he really took on the college board's AP African American Studies course challenging the political correctness within it, defending his administration's ban on it, 
by saying this, quoting DeSantis, this course on black history, what's one of the lessons about? Queer theory. Now, who would say that an important part of black history is queer theory? That's somebody pushing an agenda on our kids. And guess what? DeSantis was right. You see, uh, topic 419 in the AP African American Studies course was entitled Black Queer Studies. No kidding, Black Queer Studies. And what does that curriculum include? I'm quoting here, building forms of queerness that reject the given realities of the government and the market. Building forms of queerness that reject the given realities of the government and market. I, I do have to raise my hand and admit, I'm not sure about how to build black queer forms. So I, Maybe I need to be educated about this. I mean, do, do, do you know how to, to build black queer forms? Now, if this sounds like, what the? And then remember, this was to be an AP course, right? Band's placement course. College board, yes. This, this is worthy of college credit here. Okay. Right, so I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe we don't need or, or probably shouldn't spend our tax dollars to teach students about how to build black queerness forms. I mean, frankly, queerness forms regardless of race. But that was far from the only questionable section of the course that seems to deviate considerably from the concept of education in lieu of, I don't know, some kind of indoctrination. You see, there's a section of the course entitled Intersectionality and Activism. Intersectionality and Activism. Well, that's a fun one. What's in that fun section? Yeah, we'll get to that. Also, pick up on your calls as well. 877-381-3811. We'll continue this conversation next. Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mark Levin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. It's your daily adult dosage of the Constitution. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now at 877-381-3811. This is a family that lost their son and their brother through an act of violence. 
at the hands and the feet of people who had been charged with keeping them safe. Surely does struggle to sound serious as a person on this planet. I mean, I would like to think that some of what she said at the funeral of Tyree Nichols today was genuine, but there just is nothing in her presentation like ever that seems legit, that seems real, our, our vice president. But that at least was a coherent thought. Got another clip coming up here in uh, just a bit that uh, <laughs> I think I've listened to it like five or six times, and I, I'm still, I'm not there. I'm not sure exactly what was said or or what the in, intent of the message was. Uh, perhaps you can aid in the decoding. By the way, working through um, a little issue on the phones, uh, Mr. Call Screener is is working on that one, so we'll get to you um, as soon as uh, everything is is right there with the phones. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. By the way, speaking of the great one, this Sunday, 8 Eastern, Fox News Channel, Life, Liberty, Levin, his guest, Victor Davis Hanson. Make sure you always catch it. If you're going to catch it live, hit it up on your DVR. Record every show regardless, and uh, well worth your time. Talking about... The connectivity between the death of Tyree Nichols, the BLM movement, having played the long game, straight out of Solinsky's rules for radicals, and the tie to education. Because it all has been part of the same group, part of the same group of radicals working to achieve an agenda. And sadly, Having a lot of success at it. You take a look at how far the ball has been moved since the incarnation of the Department of Education in 1980, where it became really easy through the federalization of education to be able to ram these agendas through, where it became real easy with the teachers' unions having so much control and power all of a sudden to be able to utilize their influence to get into our classrooms and to get to the kids. And we see in so many aspects of our society what happens when you have now multiple generations that have been raised in a public education environment where once upon a time, parents thought they could trust their teachers, trust their their school boards, and they they would do the right thing by our kids. They're there to, to educate. Yeah, well, a lot of other things have been happening. And the only thing that's changed anymore is the use of race specifically to hide behind for an even more radicalized agenda. It's the boiling frog effect. Started slow, laying the groundwork, but in recent years really have cranked that temperature up to where it's pretty warm. Pretty warm. Warm enough to where we have massive shortages in law enforcement. Warm enough to where those massive shortages in law enforcement have led to police departments like Memphis PD being short 500 police officers. And as a result, dramatically lowering their hiring standards. And then hiring police officers only because of those lower standards that are now charged with the murder of Tyree Nichols.
and then they can turn around and go see cops are still bad people all part of the plan but also part of the plan the college board's ap african-american farce that i've been talking about if you're just joining us one of the sections in this course that was flagged and banned by the state of florida was the section on black queer studies which included the education of building forms of queerness that reject the given realities of the government and the market. Okay. All right. That's fun. So what else? Intersectionality and activism. And to that end, critical race theory. Now there's a section within critical race theory on movements for black lives, i.e. the very specific promotion of the discredited Black Lives Matter organization. A section of the course called Black Feminist Literary Thought. What was required reading within that section? Well, the teaching that our society is a white supremacist capitalist patriarchy. That's fun. Right? Black queer studies, white supremacist, capitalist, patriarchy. I mean, all just part of the, the good time here. All part of the good time. So I'm going to continue to bring you more of what was in this curriculum that Governor DeSantis and the state of Florida flagged. What has happened as a result of that? What we need to be minding the store on as well. Meanwhile, I believe we have our phones up and working, and let's go to Cindy in Maryland. Cindy, welcome to the show. Hey, well, thank you. Thank you for taking my call this evening, and nice job um, filling in for Mark. Appreciate it. Sure. Um, I told Mr. Call Screener that um, I was just listening, you know, this whole story, Tyree Nichols, when this whole thing um, just came into, you know, my radar, and then hearing uh, the stories and then watch some of the video. I, it wasn't very clear to me, honestly. I was having a hard time with the video that I saw. But I, this is what I've been thinking. And somebody put this on Twitter. But this is apparently a revenge beatdown for having either an affair or relationship with either one of the officers. I don't know if it was a wife or a girlfriend, apparently. Um, but, you know, the guy says it's true. Again, women or money usually get more men sent to jail than anything else. So... I feel like they knew this guy because why did they stop him? Was this reckless driving? What was he drunk? Was there, did they field test him? Did they breathalyze him? Did they smell marijuana? Like what, what's the backstory? We haven't well, heard about this. What is- yeah. To your point, Cindy, and this will come out, this will be evidenced as part of the, the trial and as legal proceedings move forward, obviously there is something to this story something missing to this story and you know you can speculate and uh, you know some of what is out there that you referenced uh, you know it, it might hold weight but the bottom line is you got bad cops right because regardless of what the backstory is a good cop would never use their position to carry out what was carried out against tyree nichols and it takes me back to what i was referencing it which is why were some of those officers even in a position to be able to do that? Well, because Memphis PD down 500 police officers. And so they lowered the bar, dramatically lowered the bar. 
including a willingness to hire former felons. One of the officers that has now been charged with murder had a rap sheet. I mean, that is fun, right? That is fun. So you have to ask that question. Would Tyree Nichols be alive if not for BLM's defund the police movement? Let's go to Rocco in California. Rocco, welcome to the show. Yeah, hey, Dawn. Um, I love the show. The, watch you guys. I listen to you guys a lot. Plus, I watch uh, Mark Levine, and his show is great. Thank God to you guys, really, to tell the truth, because nobody else telling the truth anymore. My question is, uh, George Floyd was killed by somebody that he knows. We know already that. And this guy got basically killed by African-American cops. Are we going to have the same BS problem with BLM and everything? How come nobody talking about it? How come BLM is not there? How come uh, all this, like, Nancy Pelosi and everybody, all the liberal yeah. garbage, in my opinion, they're not talking about it? Now, I mean, look, you hit on something. That's a really good question. It's an astute observation, and it's part of what I am working through during the course of tonight's show, tying all these things together. There's one big reason in particular, aside from the obvious, that all five cops that were directly responsible for the murder of Tyree Nichols were black. So there's only so much you can do with the race thing. Although, and this is something that's worth discussing as well, the Department of Justice has opened a civil rights investigation. It's a fascinating thing when you do have all black officers involved in the murder of a black man. The logic there is surely fascinating. But the number one reason why you don't have the BLM front men and and women out there anymore and why that game is not being played is because too many people have realized what they're about, realized that they were a fraud. Now, I mean, the irony is the organization far more negative in its impact than the fraudster who was running the organization when it took in all that money going back in 2020. He was buying know houses and and living the lifestyle and and embezzling money basically from just stealing outright from from companies that were you know woke enough to to kneel to blm because of that and so many people knowing that's what blm became very quickly they have a very negative perception one of the research firms out there, one of the polling firms, Civics, they keep online polls. You can always keep track of everything. If you go check out Black Lives Matter, you will see they have a net negative perception nationally. More Americans view Black Lives Matter negatively than positively. And so the radicals involved in this, they know that. So we're not going to run them out there anymore. But that doesn't mean they don't exist. It's what the other hand is doing. And so you have the Black Lives Matter activists that are engaged, just not so publicly. Hence, for example, a Black Lives Matter activist happens to be a professor of African-American studies at Northwestern University, who is the creator of this AP African-American history course. So they're working the agenda in in other ways. And no doubt you see the influence 
in the Department of Justice, various elements of government, all the various different uh, you know areas they, they've hit right along. But uh, good observation. Let's go to Marty in Claxton, Georgia. Marty, welcome to the show. Marty. Hello. You're on. Hey. Yep. How are you doing? Hey, All man. good. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Hey, uh, I just wanted to make an observation. I appreciate uh, VP Harris and the effort she makes, but uh, I can't help as a proud father of a cop. Why, uh, maybe when is the last time she uh, uh, made a personal phone call uh, to a murdered police officer's family to offer her condolences, much less attend the funeral of a slain police officer? It's a good observation and an awfully good point. And one thing in particular, on back of everything that's happened in Memphis, it is as important as ever that we are there for our local law enforcement. It's as important as ever. Those who are great people who go out for not a whole heck of a lot of money, put their lives on the line, they put that badge on, leave their families, never knowing what the heck is going to happen next. As important as ever that we're supportive of them because there is so much emphasis on the antithesis. And again, it gets back to you know what I was referencing earlier. What happens when good people that are in law enforcement say, you know what, screw it, I'm out, not worth it. And then good people who would get in law enforcement say, screw it, I'm not signing up for that. We're already seeing it in places like Memphis, right? So we'll continue this conversation next. I'm Brian Mudd, in for the great one. Mud Lovin'. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. Was not it in the interest of keeping the public safe that Tyree Nichols would be with us here today? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did she say? the hell i mean that's not even one where after listening to it like three four five times i i'm not even sure i understand what she was trying to say (laughs) what what just happened good old vice president at uh, tyree nichols funeral today i'm sure she she really meant well she always is so sincere brian mud in for the great one mark levin and talking about black lives matter how their movement very well might be responsible for the death of Tyree Nichols. 
and more to the broader point of what's going on in our society, absolutely is active within the AP African American Studies course that was just flagged and banned by the state of Florida, illustrating how this is all interwoven and how the rules for radicals are playing out in education and through our society. And as part of that, telling you what this AP African-American studies course is all about, because while many in your godless souls and slanderous news media were busy saying, DeSantis, bad racist man, governor, what they didn't tell you was what was actually within the original curriculum. Like the black queerness studies where students would be taught how to build forms of black queerness or the black feminist literary thought with required reading regarding this society being a white supremacist capitalist patriarchy but other than that it was really great you know they they did have another section in the course entitled the reparations movement which was straight up advocacy for reparations and, and last up but not least, you know the the black struggle in the 21st century. So uh, yeah, I mean uh, nothing to be concerned about though. I mean completely a, a course on the up and up without any type of agenda and uh, nothing even remotely questionable. So yeah, a little waltz through some of those highlights should show that a yeah the the college board is really that whacked out, and b what the purpose of this newly crafted AP course really happened to be. So yeah, while you had a bunch within the news media and the education establishment that pointed at DeSantis as an authoritarian racist for not having that course paid for by you, me, taught to our kids in exchange for college credit, an undeterred DeSantis leads on. And he said something else that I think is especially instructive as we are here with the start of Black History Month. He said when talking about our country's history, I view it as American history. I don't view it as separate history. Well, bingo. And black history happens to be American history. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. You are my strength. It was a very nice service, the funeral of Tyree Nichols. Question is, would he be alive today if not for the work of Black Lives Matter? 
And has everything that's transpired here, has it not been, well, all part of the plan? Create a crisis, utilize the crisis, wash and repeat, however it might come to you. In this case, the lowering of police hiring standards in Memphis after they were down 500. And I think about this. I know Memphis. Know it pretty well. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, a significant size city. You begin to think about a city the size of Memphis being down 500 police officers. And that's like catastrophic territory, right? And why? Well, you had people defecting left and right after the defund police movement, after the rise of BLM post the George Floyd murder. Bunch of people that didn't want to get into law enforcement. So what did Memphis PD do? Dramatically lower their hiring standards. What happened? Multiple police officers associated with the murder of Tyree Nichols were hired. Officers that never would have been hired before. Officers that were only eligible for the police force after they dramatically lowered the bar. Create the crisis, exploit the crisis. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. It's always an honor and a pleasure being here with you. I am the host of the Brian Mudd Show for my home station, WJNO, in lovely West Palm Beach. I don't have an underground bunker. I'm actually seven feet above sea level and uh, very vulnerable in a building that once had its roof ripped off during a hurricane. I'm uh, you know, just a handful of miles from our former president, though, so there's that. We do have our advantages here including the the beautiful weather today, uh, where I know much of the country, pretty much everywhere north of us, rather cold about now. I also have the Brian Mudgeo podcast I would direct you to. Wherever you get your podcast, you can get the Brian Mudd Show, so go check it out. And also, at Brian Mudd Radio on social. So what I've been doing throughout the uh, first hour of the show is tying this all together, the long game that's been played by the radicals, like straight out of rules for radicals, how it has been related to the long game played by the Black Lives Matter movement, but also what's been happening even more recently within the education establishment, right down to what's been in the news recently with the rejected AP African American Studies course. So I want to talk about the relationship here. The relationship between that rejected AP African American Studies course and the murder of Tyree Nichols. Over the past couple of weeks, we have had the opportunity to uncover the woke agenda implicit within that originally proposed AP African American Studies course rejected by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, the Florida Board of Education. If you are just joining us, quick refresh from a couple of the highlights of the course material. Uh, the, the favorite of many, topic 419 in the AP African American Studies course entitled Black Queer Studies, where the curriculum included building forms of queerness that reject the given realities of the government and the market. And that, that's straight out of the material. That is what the, the Black Queer Studies was about. And another section in the course called Black Feminist Literary Thought, including 
the required reading suggesting that our society is a white supremacist capitalist patriarchy. Now, also happen to be a section in straight-up support for the BLM movement. Nothing covert about that other than just it's hiding behind, hey, this is African-American uh, studies. Who wouldn't support this? You're a racist if you don't. So anyway, yeah, uh, and also instructions on how to pursue reparations. Now, the course, as originally designed, was so overt that it made critical race theory, like as in the actual published work that started this movement, it looked downright tame by comparison. Now, of course, Florida's refusal to play along with the woke agenda prompted the college board, who perpetuated it in the first place, to do an about-face on all this course material. It was very interesting what happened once the light was shown on what this thing was all about. They agreed to do an overhaul. And they didn't put up much of a fight. But it also accomplished something else. It exposed who was behind this radically woke, race-baited agenda fashioned as an AP course. The lead creator of the original course, Northwestern University's African-American Studies professor, Kianja Yamada-Taylor. Now, who is this professor? A courtesy of National Review, a BLM-supporting, overt socialist, who happens to be especially fond of, of Marx and Lenin. Oh, and, and what is one of the most recent tweets from said professor? In response to the Memphis police murder of Tyree Nichols, there is literally nothing left to write about police abuse and violence. Abolish the police. Oh, well, that's, that's cool. Abolish the police. Any questions? This is who designed the, the course, the AP African American Studies course. It was designed by an overt BLM Marxist who is clear about their desire to abolish the police. And they're here to tell us that Ron DeSantis is a bad racist man. Oh, and about that uh, Memphis police murder situation, which brought about that most recent tweet. What Black Lives Matter is and was really all about. You know, I, I began warning of the BLM agenda years before most people really knew it existed. For me, the big eye-opener and my personal introduction to BLM was in July of 2016. You'll remember this. Remember when five Dallas police officers were murdered in an ambush? In that ambush, because I wanted to know the motive, I mean, what, what drives somebody to just ambush and murder by police officers well that that murderer cited black lives matter when he was arrested he said black lives matter so i was like well let's see what that's about and very soon thereafter it was followed by blm's own colin kaepernick 
using his clothing to depict police officers as pigs while his fellow BLMers were chanting police are like pigs, fried them like bacon. You know, this was, of course, preceding Nike treating the man as a hero and giving him how many tens of millions of dollars? Scumbags. Anyway, that alarming activity is what led to my creation of a weekly series here at home that I call Protecting the Palm Beaches in support of law enforcement because I saw that situation as so dire that you had a full-on movement out there where you had police officers that were being targeted and murdered and you had celebrities, professional athletes that were supportive of slogans like police are like pigs, fried them like bacon. And I'm like, well, well, shoot, to the extent that I have a place in this world and, and I have a platform and I have a microphone and whatever else, it needs to be used to support those in law enforcement. So you fast forward to early June in 2020, the immediate aftermath of the murder of George Floyd when BLM hit the jackpot with every woke corporate sellout throwing cash in their direction. At the time, I highlighted their mission statement, which no longer exists online. It it was interesting how they ended up making it disappear as a lot of attention eventually was directed that way. But always going to the source for information, I wanted to illustrate what was really happening under the hood of that organization. This was the Black Lives Matter mission statement. At the time, all that stuff was going down post-George Floyd. They articulated these principles. One, we make space for transgender brothers and sisters to participate and lead. This is Black Lives Matter now, their mission. We make space for transgender brothers and sisters to participate and lead. Two, we are self-reflexive and do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege. Okay. As all the woke people are thinking that this is just some altruistic organization interested in helping black people in our society. We're self-reflexive to do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege. Three, we built space that affirms black women and is free from sexism, misogyny, and environments which are men-centered. Okay. All right. Uh, four, we practice empathy. Well, that's that's good to know. We engage comrades. Oh, that's a cool word. Comrades, huh? So we, we engage comrades with the intent to learn about and connect with their context. When was the last time you had someone connect with your context, you know? So that's what I'm talking about. That is empathetic when, when you know, you got people are working to connect with your context. Five, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another, especially our children, to the degree that mothers, parents, children are comfortable. As long as they're comfortable. I mean, Hillary would approve, right? Black Lives Matter. We disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family. 
morons, all you woke corporate sellouts that funded this crap. Oh, in six, we foster a queer affirming network. This is Black Lives Matter. We foster a queer affirming network. Suddenly, what I was just telling you about this AP African American Studies course fashioned by a BLM activist professor from Northwestern University suddenly doesn't sound so odd, does it? If only people had freaking paid attention in the first place. Again, it's a long game that's been played here. I'll pick up there next. Brian Mudd, in for the great one. Mud Lovin. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service, It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smart. Smarter Wireless. I'm just not going to comment uh, anything that is related to what is currently happening. This is a legal problem. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm never going to comment on anything like ever. It's kind of like standard answer now for the uh, White House press secretary. She specifically is making that comment in reference to the searching of yet another Biden home today. We'll touch on that a little bit later in the show. It, it is hilarious. I mean, it, it really is hilarious. You would have to be a sub moron and not just the, the president, but everybody in his universe. You would have to be a sub moron for there still to have been documents at that house today. Biden was there two weeks ago. <laughs> I mean, if he was there two weeks ago, on back of everything that's transpired, and there were still classified docs left behind. I mean, seriously. But we're supposed to. We're supposed to take everything at face value with the the searching of of President Biden's residences, as opposed to say the rating of President Trump's. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin, talking about how. The Tyree Nichols murder ties in with the Black Lives Matter movement and the AP African American Studies course that was recently flagged and banned by the state of Florida that the college board said, yep, you know what, we're we're going to uh, change the, the course material here once it was called out, the material that I'm bringing to you throughout the course of the show. I also just walked you through the mission statement of Black Lives Matter when they rose to prominence in the summer of 2020 after the murder of George Floyd. A bunch of stuff 
that I don't think a lot of people are really aware of with the whole Black Lives Matter. As I mentioned at the time, while the organization cites race in their name, it was always clear for those that really paid attention that they were also a homosexual activist organization, a feminist organization, an anti-traditional religious establishment organization, Oh, and, and they're Marxist activists overtly. Again, this was part of their mission statement. And I went back to my notes. On June 10th of 2020, remember this is within the first couple of weeks after the George Floyd murder, said that they've successfully used tactics that are straight out of Saul Linsky's rules for radicals by luring people in incrementally under the perceived pretense of racial tolerance and equal justice. How many people lending support to Black Lives Matter are aware of what they're supporting? How many people feel that we should end the nuclear family? To all the woke corporate sellouts back then, not one damn reporter got to any of these people and said, hey, uh... Do you support the ending of the nuclear family? Hey, do you support communism? Oh, uh, are you against Christianity, Judaism, Islam? Now, one damn reporter. It was all part of their mission. As always, two sides of stories, one side of facts. We'll continue with more of them. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smart. Smarter Wireless. Mark Levin, the champion of liberty and true conservatism. Call Mark now, 877-381-3811. I can confirm that the arrest of this Iranian national happened last week, and it all began with a Texas DPS traffic stop. We have video showing a Texas trooper pulling over a human smuggler on a Texas highway near Del Rio last Monday. Several of the men were being smuggled hidden in the back of the the trunk. One guy has a red hoodie on. He ended up being the Iranian national who was being smuggled in the back of that trunk. 29-year-old Ali Reza Hadari. Multiple law enforcement sources tell me Hadari's name and date of birth flagged as a match on the FBI's terror watch list. Yeah, but nothing to see there. Nothing to worry about. Oh, by the way, in other news today... I'm sure that we end up catching every single terrorist that is 
crossing our southern border, which is not open, by the way. So nothing really to see or worry about. By the way, Bill Malugin for Fox News reporting. Good work by him there. More impeachment papers drawn up by the House against Alejandro Mayorkas. One of the questions, I mean, okay, we get rid of Mayorkas. What's behind door number two? On one hand, you think it it can't be worse, and it probably can, but, I mean, it is still Biden who would be the person uh, making that decision. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. And uh, speaking of Mark, and actually Fox News for that matter, this Sunday, 8 Eastern, Life, Liberty, Levin. Always worth your while. Always make sure you hit it up on your DVR, even if you watch it live. Make sure you record it on your DVR. His guest, Victor Davis Hansen. So, uh, so don't miss it. I've been talking about the murder of Tyree Nichols, the relationship to Black Lives Matter, the relationship of Black Lives Matter to the recent revelations about the rejected AP African American Studies course. And how all of this longer-term agenda, straight out of Solinsky's playbook, has been manifesting itself. Now, in just a bit, we're going to talk about winning against wokeness. Because there is a way to win against the wokeness, if you pay attention to it, and you identify it, as we are doing here. So we'll, we'll discuss. But first, we will go to the phones you know, we talk about Memphis and the police recruitment issues there. Somebody who is uh, no doubt familiar with this, Mike in Detroit. Mike, welcome to the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm just, uh, you know, uh, it is mystified. You know, the, the Democrats are, of course, creating the conditions that are leading to the lawless environment in minority communities. I mean, you can see this right here in Detroit. And you can start at the border with their open border policy. I mean, they're giving people from the cartels free bus rides into the heart of our country. There's absolutely no doubt. You know, 10 years ago, uh, public enemy number one in Chicago was El Chapo, the head of the Sinaloa cartel, you know, and now everybody's surprised that, that they're here. But, you know, the policies of no bail, you know, handcuffing the police and so on. You know, President Barack, you know, he was a community activist in Chicago, anti-police community activist in Chicago, and he tried to federalize all the police for, you know, these number in, in like Baltimore and Chicago, federalize the police forces um, in, in, in these communities, which was disastrous. And I suppose his idea was to have one federal police force that would supersi- supersede all other police forces and this is just uh flat out socialism you know i i I think that's what you know you were talking about earlier no doubt mike and that's well said well well put together and on that particular note you you bring up uh president obama i mean speaking of solinsky speaking of of rules for radicals i mean you're talking about somebody who was uh, an astute student as the case happened to be uh while that was proliferating somebody was brought up in that in very environment and yes, uh, you know, pertaining to to the the border and, and everything else. Yes, um, most certainly when we are, are willing to 
take in illegal immigrants and put them up in nice hotels in Manhattan at taxpayer expense. So our, our borders close. It's, but you, you take a look at these and, you know, those might even seem like unrelated stories. Right. I mean, on one hand, we've got the open border. On the other hand, we're we're talking about, you know, the, the murder of, of Tyree Nichols at the hands of Memphis police. These seem like very unrelated things, but they're actually extraordinarily interconnected. It's chaos, right? And it's chaos created through the same place by those who are looking to disrupt our society. You know, he ended up breaking down the original mission statement of Black Lives Matter that they have since removed from their website. It talks about disruption. It talks about the chaos. It talks about breaking down the nuclear family. There is outright Marxism implicit in their mission statement. Then you take a look in the education establishment. How many people are members of BLM to this day, even if they're not especially overt about it? But then they craft educational materials and a curriculum based around it. Yeah, it's all all part of that bigger plan. It's uh. It's a good call. Let's go to Donald in Wyoming. Donald, welcome to the show. Hi, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. Um, you bet. I do have some thoughts to share right along the same lines about, you know, what's really going on behind all this. And something that has always stood out to me, and this could just be speculation. I'm not going to make any allegations here or anything. But when you look at the role that China plays you know, with, with this administration, we all know the connections going on, um, you know, between Joe Biden and China and some of the deals that have been made. And then when you look at things like the Confucius Institutes, you know, that China has planted in so many of our universities, it, it kind of begs the question, and I, it's just a wondering on my part of these curriculums, things like this AP class that you're talking about, sure, on the surface, you know, it's easy to pass that off as, social justice and and things that are hard to argue with on the surface. But I can't help but wonder, you know, how much of this is really being pushed? Because like you're saying about, you know, Black BLM's mission statement and the the disruption that you've talked about, and that's exactly what it's all doing. And I can't help but wonder, you know, this stuff is coming from somewhere. And I think the people pushing these things know full well that it's it's gibberish. It's it's nothing but Marxist nonsense. And it, it almost seems like so much of it is just designed to just fill the heads of these these college kids with a bunch of useless, non not productive things that are going to take away from being productive citizens. And I say that because well, you know, take TikTok for example. Yeah, no, look, look you, you, you've, you've made some really good points here, and, and I'm going to pick up on it. And actually, TikTok came to mind. You're talking about China and, you know, us having basically handed them via TikTok all this information about Americans and about specifically the demographic we're talking about in the education establishment. And to the broader point that you're, you're discussing with, you know, the, the indoctrination through the education establishment, yeah, the less I mean, think about this contextually. At at best, you're able to create radical activists that are part of the movement. At worst, what happens if you end up creating a condition where people are less motivated, where where people become more reliant? Take a look at the labor force participation rate. Take a look at what was achieved by paying people during lockdowns not to go to work. And where we are today, where we still have 
you know, near record numbers of job openings. Yet we have a bunch of people that are still out of work. People that are on street corners that are begging for money. When you have shortages with so many companies right around the corner from where they're begging. It's all related, right? The more people are reliant, the less motivated they are, the more control that government has. So, yes, at best, part of the agenda. At worst, easily controlled by those running the agenda. No doubt. Let's go to Matt in Ohio. Matt, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. Uh, glad to be here. Um, I just turned on and uh, was listening to the topic that you were speaking about tonight with uh, BLM and social justice. And um, I have an 18-year-old daughter that just started the Columbus College of Art and Design uh, three weeks ago. Um, very talented artist since she was very young, almost didn't go to college um, and didn't go to art school and follow her heart because she didn't want to be indoctrinated and she knew what she was going to face. And she spent three weeks in class now, and um, all they are talking about is um, white people and how white people have been historically privileged and everyone else has been disadvantaged. The teacher has been bashing our uh, makeup of our Congress and how our Congress is made up of mostly heterosexual white men. Um, today, yesterday, she sent me a PDF document with 30 two different points on it about cisgender examples. And they're basically authoritarian statements telling these people what they are, should not feel and what they're allowed to feel uh, with cis, uh, cisgender examples and indoctrinating these kids. Um, they had a online form that she had to fill out that was social identity mapping. What they're doing with this data, I have no, no idea. It talks about diversity. Uh, it says diversity includes all ways in which people differ and accompanying different characteristics. And we believe that, and it goes on and on, but it comes down that it says we believe that the broader difference of diversity also includes age, citizenship, religion, disability, sexual orientation, socioeconomic status, education, marital status, language, cognitive approach, physical appearance. Um, and so they're collecting yeah. data on, on that. Yeah, Matt, I mean, look, um, you know, uh, thank you for the call. Uh, may God bless you. Good luck with your daughter. And I, I'm glad that she had her head screwed on straight going in there. Obviously, it's going to be an uphill battle at this point. I mean, cisgender situation. I mean, who wouldn't think that would be like, you know, critical in the first few weeks at an, a college of art and design, right? Oh, wait, what's this? That's right. It's number two, the number two agenda item of Black Lives Matter, the original mission statement. Again, we are self-reflexive and do the work required to dismantle cisgender privilege. It's very important to them. It was, I mean, it was right after the transgenderism that was part of the Black Lives Matter mission statement. Right after transgenderism. The self-reflexive work to dismantle cisgender privilege. See, all this stuff sounds like it came out of thin air or it was some recently incarnated thing. And that's that's the bigger point here. It's been going on so much longer than people are paying attention to. 
And most people, they, they became aware of what Black Lives Matter is really about after George Floyd. Again, by that point, they had already put deep roots into what was going on. Remember, Kaepernick was the first notable BLMer. That was four years before George Floyd. You always got to pay attention to who is behind what and where these things seem to come from. Rules for radicals, the radicals in the education establishment, critical race theory. The work critical race theory began decades ago. It was first critically considered in the 90s. It became a fully published work. I believe it was 2002. And from there, critical race theory becomes a premise for Black Lives Matter. Becomes part of the curriculum in schools. A college of art and design, as the case may be. It all seems crazy. seems like this stuff is coming out of left field. This is where it comes from. They've been working on it since the 60s. We put lighter fluid onto that fire with the Department of Education in 1980. And the moment that we cave to political correctness in this society, we let it permeate everywhere. It's all part of what we're talking about, what we're exposing. Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mud Lovin. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service it kicks butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin, and been talking about the connectivity between the Tyree Nichols murder. His funeral was today. The Black Lives Matter movement, which is in the background, but extraordinarily active, how this whole thing ties back to Solinsky's rules for radicals and how so many of the things that seem odd, like uh, transgenderism or you know anything to do with gender, uh, how it actually has been at the crux of the agenda for a very long time and was implicit within the African-American studies course that was recently flagged and rejected by the state of Florida. I've always been one that doesn't like to just tie stuff together and complain about it and worry about it, but I like to do something about it. And so I want to talk about winning against wokeness and what we can do to mine the store in public education because it matters 
I mean, specifically minding the store and public education matters and more than ever before. You know, it was rare to see such a quick about face by the education establishment as what we did see last week with the college board. The board that created and and deployed the AP course, that African-American studies course, they do it for all the AP courses in high schools across the country. And, And while the political left lost their minds when Governor DeSantis and the Florida Board of Education blocked the implementation of that African-American studies course, the calling of, of him as a racist, which is all anybody can seem to do. What couldn't be denied was the overtly woke agenda of the course. So as I've discussed throughout the course of the show, the agenda, the course material that included black queer studies, the black queer studies that was about building forms of queerness that reject the given realities of the government and the market. And black feminist literary thoughts with required reading saying that the United States is a white supremacist capitalist patriarchy with the promotion of the discredited Black Lives Matter organization, critical race theory, reparations. The material so overtly absurd that instead they immediately did an about face, the college board did. They didn't address the specifics They just acknowledged that it would be changed. It happened very quickly. It's what happens when we pay attention. I'm going to pick up there next. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. He has a caucus uh, that, uh, you know, that has put forth some pretty extreme ideas, some extreme uh, options in front of the American people, cutting Medicare, cutting Social Security. Yeah, not going to happen. And House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, after meeting with the president today about the debt ceiling, dun, 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 you know, some type of agreement. Uh, he, he made mention again. Yeah, not going to happen. Social Security, Medicare, 
all the fear-mongering tactics the left has always exercised. But the the cute thing here, the extraordinary measure isn't that we're over $31 trillion in debt, isn't that for every taxpayer in the United States, we already have over a quarter million dollars in debt. If you take just those that are taxpayers in this country, we all owe more than a quarter of a million dollars. In it. That's what that thirty-one and a half trillion. It's just it's all numbers at a certain point. Imagine that you were just handed a tax bill for two hundred and fifty k plus, because that's what we've got that's out there. And as McCarthy made a point earlier today, used to be opaque, but it's not anymore because inflation. That has been directly impacted by that debt. We're going to dive into some of that. Two years of Biden down, two to go, and extraordinary measures. I want to talk about that um, a little bit later in this this hour. It's an important conversation. But I do want to wrap up the conversation that we've been having throughout the course of the show about Tyree Nichols, his murder the Memphis Police Department, Black Lives Matter, the AP African-American Studies course recently rejected by the Florida Board of Education, Governor Ron DeSantis, the connectivity with all this. And importantly, where I left off, winning against wokeness, winning against this nonsense. Actually, it's a lot easier than you think once you mind the store, which is so incredibly important. Hey there, I'm Brian Mudd, in for the great one, Mark Levin, and I am the host of The Brian Mudd Show, which emanates from my home station of WJNO in lovely West Palm Beach, Florida. And you may also check out The Brian Mudd Show podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also hit me up at Brian Mudd Radio on social. All right, so let's talk a bit more about winning against wokeness. I mean, yeah, DeSantis had to take some bullets from those who are going to lob, you know, projectiles in his direction anyway for standing up against the AP African American Studies course. But not only as it has been exposed for what it really was, for anybody paying attention, they've gone, yeah, you know what, that's absurd. You know, about the time, I've yet to come across a person that that uh, said, you know what, I, I do think in the AP African American Studies course, we should have required education on building forms of queerness that reject the given realities of the government and the market. Yet to come across anybody, that really needs to be part of AP education, building black queerness forms. Or... Anybody who is willing to defend the black feminist literary thought section, which taught that the United States is a white supremacist capitalist patriarchy. I mean, let alone the other uh, fascinating sections of the original curriculum within this AP African-American studies course. But importantly, once it was brought to the light of day, the college board responsible for the proliferation of these AP courses, they had no place to hide. 
no place to hide. The college board didn't turn around and say, gee, DeSantis, you're a racist bad man. You're a racist authoritarian bad Because had they, they would have had to have accounted for why the hell that nonsense was in their curriculum in the first place. So instead, Florida's official response to the college board with the rejection said this, as presented, the content of this course is inexplicably contrary to Florida law and significantly lacks educational value. They did note some examples. The College Board's official acknowledgement in response to the state of Florida's rejection was this. The official course framework incorporates this feedback, meaning the state of Florida's, and defines what students will encounter on the AP exam for college credit and placement. In other words, they're going back and removing the wokeness. Now, here's the thing. With Florida's education commissioner and governor minding the store, they successfully headed off a clear indoctrination effort with the original course material. And not just for the state of Florida. I mean, this is something that was to be rolled out clear across the country. So one education head in the state of Florida, one governor in the state of Florida, Shining the light on this absurdity, made it stop before it started, netted a course correction inside of one week, and prevented it from being rolled out to all the other states that maybe were either not minding the store or would be all too happy to teach about black queerness forms. Now, that's great. It's great all that happened. But you have to ask the question, what if they hadn't? What if DeSantis hadn't caught this? What if the Florida Board of Education hadn't caught this? This is where, you know, what the heck else is happening out there comes into play. The need to mind the store in public education, it has never been greater. And there's no way that you can count on even public officials like the aforementioned that are going to be able to keep tabs on everything happening in education everywhere across their state, let alone your state. And even if they are within your school district, within your classroom, your kid's classroom, that's where we come into play. And so it is as important as ever that we stay engaged with our kids what they're being taught, what's happening in the classroom. It's imperative we continue to mind the store at school board meetings. We mind the store regarding what their agenda is and what's being implemented at the school district level. I mean, again, it's all part of the reason why the Biden administration was intimidating parents who would come to school board meetings no, potential domestic terrorist and all, you concerned parents, you. Screw them. To hell with them. It won't work. It only works if we let them. Don't be intimidated by those thugs. By the thugs, I'm talking about the Biden administration officials. Or the thugs that are your teacher's union operatives 
that are in control of so many school boards, school districts, teachers in the classrooms. You know, in our society, we have so many issues, so many concerns. And you have a lot of people that that wonder just what the heck has happened to our society. But none of it is as complicated as it tends to seem. You know, it's all part of the long game. It was all outlined back in the 60s in Saul Alinsky's Rules for Radicals. It's been incrementally implemented by the education establishment starting in 1980, the creation of the Department of Education. Teachers unions, they've been central to driving this agenda through course material, through control of, of school board members, school districts, teachers themselves that are our members. And it's something else you have to be real about. I have these tough conversations a lot. There are a lot of even well-intentioned teachers that pretty mad at me have been for a long time. Because if you are a member of a teacher's union, you are part of the problem, period. End of story. I don't want to hear about benefits. There are other ways to get from here to there. If you are a member of a teacher's union, you are, no matter what you do in the classroom, part of the problem in this country. And for parents, you got to be aware that over 70% of public school teachers in this country are members of that union. It's always an uncomfortable question to ask a teacher if they're a member of a union, but you should. They should feel the effects and know that there are people that are not happy with their participation. How do you think change happens? Minding the store in public education matters. Most importantly... We continue to see that minding the store works. You've seen what's happened when people have paid attention, tried to make a difference within school districts, over 100 school boards that have flipped over the past year and a half. You see what happened with the college board's willingness to change the course materials and the AP African-American Studies course. It's just the latest acknowledgement that public education needs more oversight. Also, it was very clear very quickly that DeSantis' stance specifically against the explicitly woke agenda in that course. It wasn't just political posturing, which, again, is what so many in, in mainstream news media made it out to be. But none of our issues in, in society or within the education establishment, they, none of them are that complicated. When you remove any sense of morality from society, when you do it from a point of education at an early age, When you instead replace it with a woke agenda, what you see is what you get. And none of our society's broader issues are going to be fixed overnight. It's taken us 40 plus years to get here. Might take us another 40 more to course correct fully, but it, and most importantly, our kids are worth it. Definitely worth it. Now, on that note, yeah, we got two years of of Biden down, two to go. And some extraordinary measures. I'll talk about those next. I'm Brian Mudd, in for the great one. Mud Lovin'. Today, the FOMC raised our policy interest rate by 25 basis points. We continue to anticipate that ongoing increases will be appropriate in order to attain a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to return inflation to 2%. 
Yeah, but most importantly, still no Trump tweets, right? I mean, this all has been so much better. So much better. Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin. Yeah, two years of Biden down, two to go, and some extraordinary measures. And it, it is kind of hard to, to believe it's only been just over two years. You start thinking about time. On one hand, you know, you, you think, oh, gosh, you know, it's already February. On the other hand, how long does it feel like Joe Biden has been president? A hell of a lot longer than two years at this point, right? Anyway, so here we are, barely over halfway through his first guy willing only term. But to his credit, he's accomplished a heck of a lot of his agenda. I mean, we haven't arrived at this point with our ever-rising interest rates, just by chance. He's been highly successful in his agenda. And it started with his day one action. The executive order killing the Keystone XL pipeline. Followed within the first week by additional executive actions, levying new regs on the U.S. energy industry, preventing the harvesting of new energy stateside, banning energy harvesting altogether on federal lands. Actions that inside of a week took the United States from being energy independent to once again being reliant on foreign sources of energy. Also, that first policy, which was the ignition stick for what became our 41-year high rate of inflation. You also had that day one action of Biden killing construction of the border wall, spending billions of dollars to actually stop projects as opposed to finishing them. In addition to reversing President Trump's executive actions on border policy, policy ushering in our, our era of unprecedented illegal immigration. And here we are, you know, just a couple months into his administration, where we had the American Rescue Plan, which was signed and effectively did the opposite by really making sure inflation would take off. Inflation that we hadn't seen since Captain Peanut was still president. My uh, my affectionate nickname for Jimmy Carter, and Peanut Farmer, Captain Peanut. So by creating trillions of dollars out of thin air, watering down the value of the dollar in everyone's pocket while creating unprecedented and artificial demand with all that debt spending. Yeah, because, of course, you know, there really was uh, free candy, free puppies, free Biden bucks. Yeah, not really. We know that inflation caught fire. It was just a few months later that Biden announced that we were pulling out of Afghanistan. Less than a month after that, it collapsed. Taliban capturing the capital. Undoing 20 years worth of work post 9-11 in the region. Seating tens of billions of dollars in U.S. military equipment. Immediately sold to the Chinese in the process. Just a few months after that, we were still being told the uh, rapidly rising inflation rate was, was only transitory. Remember that, right? Hundreds of billions of additional dollars of artificial spending signed into law as part of the Infrastructure Act. About the time that President Biden signed an executive order mandating COVID-19 vaccinations for all federal employees. A few months later, after President Biden promised we had leverage on Russia sufficient to keep them from invading Ukraine, Russia invaded Ukraine. A few months later, the United States reached that 41-year high rate of inflation. The reaction? Well, engage in more artificial debt spending under the guise of the Inflation Reduction Act. A few weeks later, he declared the pandemic was over. A few weeks after that, He said it wasn't. 
The midterm elections happened. Here we are. Two years. It's only been a little over two years. Now, on the bright side, the, the, the next two years, I mean, they can't possibly be worse, right? Anyway, hopefully they won't feel as long either. But that does take us to the extraordinary measures. And so, yes, the, the debt ceiling being hit again. And, and yet, the, the, the sun still continues to rise. And obviously, as the sky continues not to fall, despite the steady stream of related stories, the extraordinary measures, the actual extraordinary measures, it's hilarious. I'm going to tell you what the quote-unquote extraordinary measures are that we're engaged in right now. Put some of this in perspective. Get some of your calls as well. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. No classified documents found. This is according to the president's personal attorney, Bob Bauer. The search began this morning at 8.30 in the morning at the Rehoboth Beach home, wrapped up at noon, three and a half hours. Quite the contrast from what we saw just a few weeks ago when we learned on a Friday the FBI spent almost 13 hours inside the president's Wilmington, Delaware home and did find more classified documents. You always wonder if this wasn't like a publicity stunt so they could have an FBI search that produced no more evidence. So they could say, see, nothing to see here. Everything's under control. Nothing to worry about. It's such a joke, for starters, because of how long it has been that this investigation has been going on. I'm talking about the real one going back to last year, not just the, oh, crap. We can't hide this anymore because guess what? We have also learned there is an order that the investigation which was taking place last November was not to be made public. Yeah, and the kind of order that only could have come from the Attorney General of the United States or the President of the United States. Isn't that cute? But anyway, Biden was at this house two weeks ago. You would have to be in, in some moron territory for there still to be classified docs there. Yeah, it, it is. It's laughable. But they did take notes. We did hear that they took notes. And I mean, that is like mildly interesting. Brian Mudd in for the uh, great one, Mark Levin. Talking uh, about extraordinary measures most recently. And I, I just think it's instructive to to bring this to you real quick. Because as you had Kevin McCarthy, he met with President Biden for about an hour earlier uh, today, talking about uh, you know the debt ceiling, trying to come to some kind of a deal, which there wasn't. McCarthy disciplined afterwards, saying, I am not going to negotiate in the press, but we agreed to continue talking. Anyway, you hear that we have been taking extraordinary measures for a couple weeks now, since uh, we, we have uh, hit the, the debt ceiling. What are extraordinary measures? You always hear that term used, but nobody ever tells you what it is. Well, in real time, here's what's happening. The Treasury Department has deferred taking out new investments in the Civil Service Retirement and Disability Fund and the Postal Service Retiree Health Benefits Fund. Now, think about this. Deferring, quote-unquote, new investments when we're already over $31 trillion in debt in counting. Now, that is extraordinary. These extraordinary measures, but raising the debt ceiling 
to allow for even faster debt spending through an ever greater artificial creation of new money supply. That is not extraordinary. That is the normal standard operating procedure way to do things. I mean, it is just so patently absurd. But, you know, we've done all this before, right? The fear-mongering over the debt ceiling and partial government shutdowns, whatever. But what's different this time is that the impact of all this is tangible. You know, when we've done this dance before, it's all just numbers. And nobody really knows what the hell $31.5 trillion even It's It's a number too big to quantify. It's like, you know what? It, it hasn't been that big of a deal. But... With the inflation we've lived through, if it weren't for all this debt spending, if it wasn't for all the money printing that's been done or digitizing of the money supply as the case happens to be these days, inflation never would have been anywhere near the kind of problem that it's been. If it wasn't still happening, the Federal Reserve, which just today raised interest rates again and indicated, yeah, we're going to continue to raise interest rates in the future, that wouldn't be happening. You and I are being negatively impacted every single day with everything we buy. And if you have any variable rate debt, everything you've already bought because of how outrageous this crap's become. If we held the line on spending, inflation would come down. Interest rates would come down. Life would be far more affordable once again. The, The most extraordinary measures of all are the ones that we're forced to live with because of the absurdity of the reckless spending of the federal government. (laughs) There never have been free puppies, free popcorn, free Obama phone, remember that? Or free Biden bucks. We pay for it every freaking day through higher inflation, ever higher interest rates. And yes, a real bill that hangs out over every taxpayer's head in this country of greater than a quarter of a million dollars in real time and counting. All right, let's go to the phone. So we got Brian in Western Pennsylvania. Brian, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for taking my call. I wanted to comment on this, um, you know, the gay agenda with the LGBT community and this, uh, the black queer history. I'm a gay man, I'm Republican, and I want your audience to know that I'm sick of hearing this. The gay community, lesbians and gays, have worked for generations to to get the rights and recognition that we have in society. And the left, the communists, the progressive lefts, whatever you want to call them, are ruining it. We are patriotic people. We love our country. We, we are proud. Gay pride is about being proud of who you are. And the left agenda is destroying that. They're perverting children. It's hard enough being a gay youth, and now they're they're perverting them with these thoughts of their other genders and whatnot. And I just want your audience to understand that not all gay people feel that way. The baby boomers who worked for generations to try to get acceptance in our society look upon this movement in horror. And I hope that more baby boomers and the gay community stand up to this. It's outrageous, it's disgusting, and we're tired of it. And I just wanted to share that with with your audience. 
That is a great call. Appreciate the perspective. And uh, one of my best friends, similar situation, could not agree with you more. Let's go to Ted in Virginia. Ted, welcome to the show. Hey there. Say, I think what we're missing in this uh, discussion is a larger uh, theoretical context. What we're seeing from the Black Lives Matter, these attacks on our historical monuments, on so-called white privilege, on all these things, is basically a collectivist attack on individualism. Individual responsibility, individual morality. Your last caller hit it right on the head, the nail head, with when he said that you know, lots of uh, gays are appalled by this movement because they believe in individuality. They believe in the rights and privileges of the individual. And what these these onslaughts are are doing with the invasion at the southern border, with all the talk about intersectionality and this group against that group, they're trying to erase individuality, which is the heart and core of Americanism. Traditional American values are individualistic. Everybody has the right to his opinion. Everybody has the right to practice his religion as he sees fit. These are individualistic values, and they are at war against them. You're exactly right, Ted. Uh, good call. And, yeah, you, you, at the at the end of this story, that is what this is about. And my point throughout the course of the show has been to tie all the themes together, to illustrate how it happens, so that we can see all the d- different directions it's it's coming from. So we can do our part to try to combat it. So often it is what the other hand is doing. And so uh, hopefully through news of the day, along with the long game that's been played, going back to rules for radicals, hopefully uh, that's, that's been helpful in that regard. But yes, your, your point is accurate uh, of what the end goal here uh, is for the radicals let's go to frank in pensacola florida frank welcome to the show good evening sir can you hear me okay hear you loud and clear good deal first thank you for standing in for mark levin the great we appreciate it i appreciate you being there going to i'm going to make a statement that al gore made in the January 20th speech he did at the World Economic Forum that pretty much ties up everything <laughs> you were talking about tonight yeah. and everything that's going on into our country. I'm not sure if it was a slip of the tongue or if he meant to say it. But what the statement was, he said the world refugee problem and the chaos it's creating is going to put us in a situation that we are not going to be able to govern ourselves. Hence, new world order, one world government. Well done, Frank. I mean, that's yes, yes, and yes. And by the way, I mean, and, and, you know, I pointed out that, you know, the Black Lives Matter mission statement, it always was there. While these woke corporate sellouts were giving untold billions of dollars all in. It was, you know, millions here, millions there. But over 
many years even leading up to it, you, you had their mission statement that was there right along talking about their agenda for creating a, a space for transgenderism, for dismantling cisgender privilege, for uh, the the uh, building spaces free from sexism, misogyny, and, and environmentalists uh, where, where men uh, or environments where men are centered and how uh, they uh, wanted to work to connect contexts and, and disrupt the prescribed nuclear family, that they are a queer-affirming network. Again, all under the banner of Black Lives Matter. It was all there on their website. Yeah, I mean, look, to your point about Al Gore and the World Economic Forum, that entire crowd, the Davos crowd, the Great Reset has been on the WEF's website for years. They've laid out in no uncertain terms what they're all about. And so you get all these woke corporate sellouts that are part of the Davos crowd, along with you know radicals like an Al Gore, and uh, yeah, then people you know get surprised why stuff plays out the the way it does in some cases in their own companies when they are indoctrinated and, and forced to take uh, critical race theory uh, courses, for example, as as part of the terms of of their employment. Uh, you're you're right on point there. All right, let's go to Mark in California. Mark, welcome to the show. Hey, Brian, it's uh, impossible to fill Mark Levin's uh, shoes, but you're doing a great job. Um, I, I just wanted to ask you, um, I'm a public school teacher, uh, very conservative, but I didn't I didn't understand. And I'm asking you to clarify. Why did you say um, if you're a public if you're a member of a public school teacher union, you're part of the problem? Yeah, and look, I appreciate it. I'm sure you come from a good place. If you are a member of the the CTA, uh, given that you're a California public school teacher, your parent um, uh, at the CTA is the National Education Association. So ultimately, if you take a look at the teachers unions, um, you, you might have your your local teachers union. Some will have uh, you know right down to uh, you know the the county levels. Some cases think uh, even city level. Certainly at the state, uh, you have those. All of them have parents, and the parents come back to the National Education Association or the American Federation of Teachers, which are in lockstep with the CRT agenda, which are in lockstep with uh, everything that we, we have been talking about and in the indoctrination in our schools over the, the past 40-plus years. And so ultimately, if you are a member of that union, you are paying with every paycheck uh, for the agenda to continue to be carried out. So ultimately, even if you're doing the best that you can in the classroom, uh, you, you're aiding something that is much bigger than than just you and makes its way to uh, just about every classroom clear across the country. So, again, I do appreciate uh, you know you coming from the right place, but that is a, a very important context in this conversation. Let's go to Mike in Wisconsin. Mike, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, uh, Brian. Uh, great job. Uh, I consider Appreciate Mark it. Levin, um, you know, one of the one of the brightest, and you're filling in his shoes very well. But you know, when you mix brains, common sense, and experience like Mark has, I love listening to him. So, um, boy, you touched on a lot of stuff since I've been waiting. The Biden crime family loved the the gay lesbian comment about, you know, we got to quit catering to the one thousandth of a percent that want media attention and let's talk about america you know it's a big different story there so but my point comes to the last caller with the education thing when you're in a union how do we fix it you know because the teachers union yeah. um 
you know, Mike, Mike, and I appreciate the call. We're almost up against the clock. Uh, just real quick, you, you you bring to the attention of the teachers, just like the gentlemen that uh, you know just called. It bring it to their attention. Some of them know what they're doing. Some don't. And you know, the, that's how you begin awareness, the light of day. Uh, that's have these conversations. Don't hide from it. Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mud Lovin. Good morning, guys. Uh, I'll get to the point right away. I'm retiring for good. Oh, yeah, and that happened today. Tom Brady out for good this time. Just one little detail here. It's one of those things that is a thing to me. You know, there, there's process. Let, let's say, for example, you say, I'm going to lose 100 pounds. That doesn't mean you actually lost 100 pounds, right? If you came back a year later, you, you wouldn't say, I lost 100 pounds, right? You might have said you were going to. Just to be clear, this will be the first time Tom Brady has retired, contrary to all the reporting today. Last year, he only said he was going to. You actually have to file paperwork, the National Football League, to retire from it. So, actually... Until he files that paperwork, he hasn't officially retired. Though it does seem like this time he really will do it. I want to leave you uh, with this. Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin. You know, a couple of years, uh, call this Sunday sermons. You know, a couple of years before uh, Ann Wilson's hit song incorporated the lyrics, Jesus loves me. You had a legal battle over a school mask that said that. It was a case out of a Mississippi school district. And while the district didn't restrict messaging on the masks of their kids, well, they did crack down on one message. That one. Jesus loves me. It was the message preferred by third grader Lydia Booth. And despite no complaints being filed by any classmates or parents, school administrators, now they took exception. They forced her to remove the mask. Well, her parents sued. And just last week... They won. School district policy gone. School district forced to settle damages with the family. And yes, when you take a stand, and no doubt, by the way, that Ann Wilson is proud and probably Jesus too. It is, I think, what he would do. Have a great night. Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mark Levin.